Hello and welcome to episode seven, I believe, of the Watch It Bro podcast. I am Tristan. And I'm Marshall. And, and we're here to let Tristan keep talking. Yeah, and I was just <laughs> going to say, I, I, I think I figured out my audio finally. Yay! So I, I won't know until I edit, but here's the hoping. It. We could test it. I don't want to test it. <laughs> Let's just go. Okay. So <laughs> the audio hasn't been that bad. It's just a little off. It's just a little echoey, like I'm talking into a bucket. Yeah. But I am like recording a, out of my garage, so. Like a, like an early Weird Al song with a record in the bathroom. It just kind of echoes. Yeah. But it adds something to it. So it adds character. But today I picked Maverick. Woo. Well, two weeks ago I picked Maverick. Today we're talking about Maverick. <laughs> True. This was released May 20th, 1994. It's kind of our sweet spot. 1994? Yeah. <laughs> Early 90s. I don't know. Great Outdoors was a pretty good one, and that was 88. True. I think that was our oldest movie thus far. Yeah, it was. Okay. But it, Sorry. This was, this... <laughs> Golly. I'll stop interrupting you. Making it I'll... harder and harder to edit. I'll let you get the intro out. Thanks. Directed by Richard Donner, starring Mel Gibson. Jodie Foster, James Garner, who played Brett Maverick in the TV show that this is based on. It also stars Graham Greene, who was in The Green Mile, James Coburn, and Alfred Molina, who you might know as Doc Ock in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man trilogy. Yes. Thank you for adding to that. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt. Uh, but no, Graham Greene is... Graham Greene's one of my favorite actors. Oh, he's also in Dances with Wolves. I've never saw that, but Rachel pointed it out. He was in Dances with Wolves. He was in the show uh, Res uh, Reservation Dogs, and he was also in the new Marvel show Echo. Um, Reservation? Reservoir yeah. Dogs? No, no. Reservation Dogs. It's a show that just came out uh, within the last few years about life on a reservation. Oh, okay. So you do know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, I, I like Graham Greene. He is is hysterical in everything he does. He puts his all into it, and I I feel like a lot of himself comes through his characters. He wasn't very funny in The Green Mile. Okay, I didn't see The Green Mile. Okay. <laughs> That's what my wife says every time. She's like, you haven't seen that yet, have you? I'm like, no, I haven't seen that. There's oh, something... wow. That's one of those have-to movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, good thing we have a platform to make that happen, huh? <laughs> yes but it's also a three hour movie it is and if you make me watch that I'll make you watch Titanic Titanic's actually on my list <laughs> it's a great movie fine film but also to add to the cast James Coburn first was introduced to him during the Muppet movie he owned the El Slizo Tavern and gets tossed out as well as Alfred Molina's first role was also in Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark oh perfect yeah I didn't he had a bunch of spiders on him. Oh, yeah, that doesn't sound pleasant in the slightest bit. <laughs> uh, but, but it led to his hatred of spiders and Spider-Man for the Doc Ock role. I don't know that. that. I'm just saying stuff now. Yeah, now, yes. now you are. And this movie is actually a lot longer than I remembered. I picked it thinking, oh, yeah, nice little hour and a half movie. Nope, it clocked in at two hours and seven minutes. Yep, yep, it was a little bit. I think this is the longest one we've done thus far. Yeah, I think so. Um, you pick my cousin Vinny was close. Yeah, it was a longer movie, but it didn't hit. I think it didn't hit that two-hour mark. Yeah, I don't have the look it up, but now I have to look it up. <laughs> no, wait, I got it. <laughs> Let's see who can find it first. 
Where's the time on the back of these things? 120 minutes. minutes. Mine says approximately 120. Mine says 119. Okay. So this is the longest movie to date. Yes. That we've done. I mean, it's a movie we watched a lot growing up. It led to an obsession of over the Ace of Spades. Yes. <laughs> it, it led to, I think at one point you took a grandpa's video camera and we very blatantly ripped off the plot and made our own little film. Yes, we did. <laughs> and then uh, with just I think the two of us. With just the two, well, we had uh, Renita and Caitlin in it periodically. Oh, jeez. Caitlin was the annoying person in every scene that would cause mischief. Yeah. And then it got to the the poker game where I was supposed to win, and then you got sick of waiting for me to win. So you just set the camera in the middle, and we filmed like an hour of a poker game. <laughs> we just filled the tape up with a random poker game. Yeah, that was a that was a movie that I don't think we owned it. Grandma and Grandpa owned it, so we'd watch it over there a lot of yeah. times in the motorhome. Yeah, a lot of times in the motorhome, and I think I actually have Grandma and Grandpa's copy of it. Well, I one have, of us does. <laughs> I have a VHS of it, and you have a VHS of it because I think I think you bought your own VHS of it. That is possible. Yeah, I think I, so. I may have had this for quite a while. Yeah, because I took mine directly from their house. I remember because I have a hand. I have like Cool Runnings, and uh, I have their copy of Homeward Bound: The Incredible Journey. Okay, so it was very sure about that. <laughs> Am I sure about what? <laughs> the Incredible Journey. Yes, I took that from them. I remember specifically going over there and saying, "This is mine." <laughs> I love that movie as a kid. I'd always want to watch it. I always wanted to own How come we had these movies that I wanted and mom and dad were just like, oh, we don't need to buy it. Grandma and grandpa have that movie. Watch it over there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think we asked for a lot of movies. Yeah, I remember asking for The Incredible Journey and Peter Pan. And both times I recall mom or dad saying, grandma and grandpa have that one. You can just watch it over there. And then with Peter Pan, it was, oh, Renee has it. You can just watch it over there. <laughs> Movies were pricey back then. Yeah, I guess so. But this was a fun one. It or was mom didn't like Peter Pan. I don't think that's true, but maybe. <laughs> but the last time I think I watched this movie was probably 25 years ago. Okay. What about you? Within the last two years. Really? Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, I watched it. And, of course, Rachel watched it with me. And she also said it's been about 25 years since she watched it. So this was quite different because this was my first time watching it as an adult. Oh, okay. So there was a lot, it was uh, yeah, I may have seen it a few times over the last couple of years. I've I've definitely watched it more recently. Okay. Okay, fair. Uh, so shall we get into it? Yes. All right. Let me get since it was my pick, I will be walking everybody through the movie. Woohoo. Yes, woohoo indeed. So we open with the opening credits and an old jaunty tune is playing. It's basically just words popping up on a screen and then the ace of spades flops down yeah it's on the the green felt of a poker table too yeah and then we get a very large close-up of alfred molina <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yes they are uh featuring him prominently in this scene very much so and well and then we right after that we get an awkward close-up of everybody i think it goes to mel gibson or as maverick and he's got the noose around his neck so clearly he's being hanged, and then it's got the rest of the the crew that's there does a close up of everybody. Yep, and it's 
it's that classic, yep, that's me. I bet you wondered how I got in this situation. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think this is the first one we had with uh with the uh where the title character is actually narrating over the top of it. You mean the first movie we've done? Yeah. Yes. Not the first movie yes. ever. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that's a big claim if it's the first movie ever. But no, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, it clearly looks like Maverick has gotten himself in a bit of trouble, and these, you don't want to call them gangsters, because they're not, <laughs> I think that existed then, but this this group of outlaws, there it is, Yeah, is clearly settling a score with Maverick, they got him tied to a tree, his hands tied behind, behind his back, and he's on his horse, they exchange some words, and uh, Alfred Molina, his character, I'm just going to name him now. His name's Angel. Yes. Throws a bag of snakes down at the horse's feet, which causes it to start moving away from the snakes. And then we have Mel Gibson narrating basically what you said. Oh, I got myself in quite a scrape. And he starts, you know, talking about how he's just had a bad day. And then it says, you know, it all started. And so we go back to Maverick riding a donkey. And he says that it's uh, his horse got stolen. So he got a replacement. Yep. And it wasn't exactly a thoroughbred. But it was he was four days away from the poker game of the century. He's still three thousand dollars short and the pot is half a million dollars goes to the winner and a winner take all. And so it kind of plays the music and does the rest of the opening credits as we see Maverick kind of riding through this old old western town, very much a western. Yeah, very very much a um you can say a western town, a pop up town where everything's just kind of bare bones built. It's just it's just of... there to exist. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at some of those shacks as they're heading up the little hill, like those those are just shacks. <laughs> oh yeah. But the same thing I asked Rachel is like how cool would it be to like stay in a town like that for a while? I think that'd be kind of fun. That would be so awesome. So Maverick arrives in town and he's clearly going to the bank because he needs money, as he mentioned earlier in his narration. And the bank is closed till morning. So he's stuck in town for the night at least. He pulls into a, I guess it's a horse holding station. A stable? Stable. <laughs> a stable of banks. You will. <laughs> I ho- ho- hopefully I don't continue to to talk like that and I could get it together. But It's um, okay. I'll, I'll get out the, the right Western words. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. And he asked the kid how much... And the kid yells, or forget what the kid says. He says to storm or feed him. Oh, yeah, storm or feed him. And he goes, no, how much to take him? <laughs> and the kid yells up, hey, Pa, how, the guy's trying to sell a burrow. And the Pa yells down, that thing ain't worth a buck. And uh, Maverick says, it's old. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he's done with it. He just doesn't want to be bothered with dealing with it anymore. Yep, so he sells it for a buck. and he continues- I'm guessing he didn't have much invested into it. <laughs> No, I don't I don't think he did. So yeah, he sells it for a buck and walks off. And then we go to him exiting his hotel room upstairs at a bar, at the local bar, pub, tavern. Tavern. Tavern, yeah. And so he comes downstairs. He notices the poker game going on and he notices Jodie Foster. Yes. Who plays Mrs. Annabelle Branson, which she adds the Mrs. the second time. But he tries to get in on the game, and Angel is at the table, who we saw at the beginning of the movie. Yep. And 
he basically says, I like the game the way it is. Saying Maverick can't sit down at the empty seat. And Maverick pleads his case. He goes, hey, I hardly bluff and I never cheat. And you know what? I'll lose for the first hour. Like tends so, to win over uh, everybody else at the table. Right. Everyone else is like, oh, it's better than an empty seat. And so he, we go into this little montage of him comically losing. <laughs> yep. And in that montage, we actually see get a good look at Art Lafleur, who you might recognize from Field of Dreams or Home Improvement, and he played Babe Ruth in The Sandlot. Yes. And more recently, played the Tooth Fairy in the second and third Santa Claus movies. Yes, yes. Good character actor. He kind of shows up here and there. You always recognize him when you see him. Yep, you're like, oh, I like that guy. He's whatever you most recognize him from. Usually it's like, oh, it's Babe Ruth, because the first time I saw him was Sandlot. Yep, yep. He was also in Boy Meets World. You don't know who he was in Boy Meets World. It, he, it was like a little one-off episode in the later season after Sean's dad dies. Okay. And he's... And he's takes a trailer and, and travels the country for a while. Okay. But, yeah, so we get that lovely montage of Maverick comically losing, and they do a good job of uh, signaling the passage of time throughout the movies, or uh, yes. this movie. Uh, so, you know, you get people coming down, and they're lighting the candles inside the building, which lets you know a lot of time has gone by. It's starting to get into evening time, and they're still they're still playing. Yeah, that's something that doesn't get conveyed a lot in movies sometimes, just how how much time has passed between, between scenes things. or scenes or, yeah. And so, yeah, so it gets to uh, them actually playing a hand, and there's a kid in a very fine hat who has a decent hand, and then Maverick says, well, it's a good thing I had three sixes. Yes. And beats him, and the kid is very upset about that. And says that he doesn't think that hand should count because his head wasn't in the game. Exactly. And that is a that is a valid reason. <laughs> absolutely a valid reason. <laughs> <laughs> and Maverick has the similar reaction that you just had of laughing in the boy's face. Yeah. And uh, he Maverick asks the kid's name, and the kid says his name is Johnny uh, Harden. I believe was the last name. And you see Maverick kind of shuffle his chips, and then he asks what he does for a living, and the kid says he's a gunfighter. And so it's, it was clear from Maverick's initial reaction that he knew who the kid was without asking his occupation, that yeah. this kid is clearly a, a gunfighter with a reputation. And he, Maverick, you know, makes small talk and pretends like he doesn't know who he is, and asks, yeah. you know, oh, you must be pretty good. And the kid goes, you want to you wanna step outside and find out? <laughs> and we get our first Maverick talks, talking his way out of it, as he usually does in a comical fashion, making lots of jokes. We get the first Pappy quote. It says, he who fights and runs away can run away another day. Yeah. And then Angel chimes in, have you always been gutless? And he goes, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And so he's, you know, there. The, he's, he's talking and being kind of over the top. And then he draws on the kid. Yeah, and he out draws. of nowhere is just... Very quick. And he's still talking, you know, how much chance would I have had going up against you? And then draws his gun and surprises everybody and gets a very stern look on his face and looking the kid dead in the eye and says, no chance at all. No chance whatsoever. 
and then yeah. puts his holsters his gun and he's going to again draws again <laughs> very irresponsibly play, playing with his firearm yeah yeah it says there's a spring in the holster to keep popping out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean openly mocking this kid who's a well-reputed gunfighter yeah. yes and maverick's just got no fear of this kid and so he's like hey who wants to see a guy get killed and who wants to play poker and they all decide that they don't want to see anyone get killed and they just want to play some poker. Yeah. And so, so. they they sit back down and, and Annabelle leans over to to the gunfighter kid and goes, that looked like it was pretty fast. Was that fast? It seemed pretty fast. And he kind of reluctantly goes, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so fun. Show that he uh, was defeated. Uh, fun fact. Yes. I don't know how fun, but it's a fact. Uh, Johnny Harden, the real life Johnny Harden, uh, was in fact a gunfighter. He lived during the the Western time, and he killed over forty people before he was shot in the back of the head. Who shot him? I don't know. That would have been a fun fact. <laughs> that would have been a fun <laughs> fact. But, but um, no, actually, I'm glad that you had that information because I meant to look up if the name Johnny Harden was an actual real gunfighter. Yes, yes, he was, and he was good at it. And like I said, he. he he killed over 40 people before being uh, shot ended like a coward. himself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if a good, you can tell someone's a good gunfighter based on how they die. If he did not die in a gunfight and someone shot him in the back of the head, clearly that was the only way to kill the man. And then, so they sit back down and Maverick is now winning. Yes. And Angel gets very mad and calls, starts accusing him of cheating and all this stuff and maverick comes out with it and he goes what do you think i was doing during that first hour i was learning all your tells which very smart and as a kid had no idea what that meant <laughs> didn't know anything about poker yes he proceeds to point out angels tell particularly when he shuffles his front cars his back and his back cars are his front <laughs> yes he just <laughs> just piles on clearly the man does not know when to stop he likes needling people. Yes, and so it's getting more and more heated to the point where Angel is about to punch Maverick. And as that happens, a group of another group of outlaws bust in and say, that guy's ours. You can have him next. Yeah. I still, watching that scene, I have no idea what the dude's talking about when they come in. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's like, I'd seen you through the window, I saw the lights, and he just starts rambling about who knows what. <laughs> and then Ma Maverick's just like, well, you guys were drunk, you played bad, is that my fault? And it's like, okay, sure. Yes, it is, they said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. And so then they step out into the street to, to have it out, and Maverick gives his, what he gives his coat and his gun to some kid standing by and says to, if it looks like he's losing, to shoot him? Yeah, if it looks like they're whipping me too bad, you have my permission to shoot me. It's great. I, I think it's great. And so the, the fight is underway, and that kid is ready to shoot from the word go. Oh yeah, they, they, they start swinging at Maverick, that kid pulls the gun out, he's like, this isn't gonna go well, I'm gonna kill him right now. <laughs> but he's, I mean, yeah, he's like aimed and like ready. <laughs> He's, he's got a finger on the trigger and everything. Like he doesn't want ready. this. Guy to, he does not want this guy to suffer. No, good, good kid. <laughs> Maybe not the best choice by Maverick. Yeah. So he ends up winning, 
and everyone sees. So he chases them off. Angel, he he's, Angel's watching from the doorway, and he kind of ducks back in a little sheepishly. Yeah. And yeah, he's they, like, oh, I did. I oh. <laughs> I underestimated this guy. Yeah. And so they get back in, and Maverick notices some dirt scuff on his lucky shirt and flips out. Yeah, he goes back from like, whew, that was, that was tough. And then he's mad because there's dirt on his shirt. And he's like, there's dirt on my shirt. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's one then, last thing. And then he goes to Angel. He's like, you, you were saying something about me. What, what is it? What did you call me? A, a, a coward and a, and he goes, no, 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 no. I didn't say anything like that. And of course, Annabelle being the lovely little helper she is, chimes in. He goes, oh, he called you a coward and a cheat. And he's like, oh, no, I, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't call a man a coward. You don't call a man a coward. And, cheat, cheat. You called me a cheat. Oh, yeah. It just. It played so great because you could just see, like, not necessarily fear in Angel's eyes, but he's definitely playing it like, like, not like he's afraid of him in a way of, like, the dude's really intimidating, but, like, he's just set off someone who was insane. Yes. And he's trying to save the life of everybody else in the bar. <laughs> yeah. I think the way he played it was great because it, it, it wasn't... He didn't because he didn't come off as like a coward or a wimp or anything. He yeah. came off as someone who literally was like bit off more than he could chew and didn't want to deal with the headache that this guy was going to be. Right, right. And he's trying to calm down. I was like, hey, hey, I was, just, I was just teasing. He's <laughs> and then Maverick switches again. He's like, oh, teasing. I don't like being teased. <laughs> yeah. No, I was teasing you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just messing with this guy. <laughs> if you but I think Alfred Molina really played that scene very well because that whole character he plays beautifully. But I think specifically there were so many ways he could have played that interaction with Mel Gibson. Yeah, and I think he absolutely made the right choice in playing it as like just trying to calm this lunatic down for the sake of everybody. Yeah, and I think that's that's what made it. That's what made his character believable later on, is yeah. the fact that he, he wasn't backing down because he was scared of him. It was like, this guy is absolutely like nuts. I don't know what's going on, so let's just yeah, let's just, defuse the let's situation. Just calm it down. Stop, stop poking the bear, Annabelle, but we're just... <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so they all end up sitting back down at the table and resuming their, uh, their poker game. There's a few less people than uh, Johnny Harden leaves at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple, a couple people decide they don't want to play with Maverick anymore. <laughs> Can't imagine why. Right, right. And now, and now Maverick is just focused on Angel. It seems like. Yeah, he's. It's it's kind of personal. Yeah. So from here we cut to Maverick in his hotel room, and there's a little knock at the door, and so logically he goes for his gun. Yes, yes, after after a, a big fight in the bar, poker game, someone's knocking at your door. And the fact that he's not sure Angel bought it. Right, and assuming he did pretty well at the game, too. Yeah, so he's yeah not sure that, that people aren't going to be coming after him, because he did, he insulted the gunfighter, first of all, and made fun of the kid. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he kept calling him son, like, uh -huh. to be condescending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, th this movie, I, I missed so many of the jokes as a kid. Yeah. So many of them. And now, so watching it now, it was just like, I was laughing so hard through so much of the movie because I finally got, I mean, this is, 
the the comedy style of this was even like ahead of its time too because you just have joke 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 in rapid succession and it's it's so fast paced it doesn't give you a chance to breathe at times true and i'm i'm getting into the the end of stuff but like wow (laughs) so we reveals it's annabelle at the door and she comes in to be all flirty flirty with mav and so she smooches him and as she's leaving he says you know i just i can't go on without my wallet and then she gets mad at him because she got caught yes <laughs> and he he laughs at her what a very cute scene it's very it's very funny yeah they do a good job of actually building the relationship between these two throughout the movie yes they do very much cuz now they're just kind of like still acquaintances she's she's being all flirty he's kind of flirty back but then he's like well i gotta report this because i'm a law-abiding citizen and she's like oh come on and it's there's that playfulness there that keeps getting built upon right and so he decides you know well you know no harm no foul i'll I'll leave it alone and then she's like oh thank you and and starts to leave and then she turns around and she's like well how how can you just so dang likable (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> and starts giving him a hard time and eventually like, works. Well, irritating. <laughs> yeah, just, just making fun of him, playfully and flirty still. Yep. And he's basically like, there is no Mr. Bransford, or is there? And no, there's not. There's no Mrs. Maverick, so. And he asks, and he makes fun of her accent. Yes. He goes, where exactly is that from? <laughs> She's like, well, most people like my accent. He's like, yeah, I just, I can't, I can't place it. <laughs> It needs some work. <laughs> People like my southern. Like, that's not under dispute. I just don't know where it's from. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so she smooches him again and leaves. And this time she successfully snagged his wallet. Yes. And he opens the door to go after her and then thinks about it for a second. And we cut to him standing outside her window as she's trying to skip town with his money. And, she, and he, you know... Scared, startles her, and so she smacks him. Right, because it's his fault for scaring her. Right, because that's the logical thing to do. And he's like, "All right, you know, you 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 got me, but this time you're gonna do something for me." And he starts taking off his shirt, and she's like, "Oh, whoa, hey, no!" And he's like, "Not that lady. I want you to clean this for me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she seems offended that he doesn't want her in that regard right (laughs) (laughs) yes she she is offended that he does not want her in the well we'll go with the word again the whoopee fashion (laughs) yes yes i was gonna i was gonna look up a a 19 or an 1860s slang for intimacy but i I, I didn't feel like it (laughs) (laughs) that's fair We'll just use Whoopi again. I'll come up with something else later so it's not repetitive. <laughs> or or intimacy. <laughs> or intimacy. Intimacy's good. But yes, she is offended, and then he gives her his shirt to clean. Yes. And she calls him Bert. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he corrects her. It's Brett. Brett. And then we go to the next morning, and Maverick goes to the bank to see his friend who owns the bank. And pretends to rob him. Yes, Eugene, the, the Eugene. bank manager. Heavy Irish accent on that man. Well, and <laughs> the the bank teller, he's like, you can't go in there. He's busy. And Maverick's just like, no, no, sh- sh- this will be funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy just lets him back there <laughs> to the manager's office. 
Yeah. <laughs> to where he proceeds to pull a gun at him and yell at him. He's like, get up, get up. He's like, well, Maverick, what's going on? Yeah, and then the guy, the teller comes back to see what's going on and is like, oh, it's a robbery. Let me announce it to everybody. <laughs> yeah. And Eugene and Maverick are like, no, 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 we're just joking. This is an old friend. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> and then so they're, so he, Maverick's like, you know, I'm here for the thousand bucks you owe me because that's the whole plot of the movie is he's going to these, there's three people that owe him a thousand dollars, which is what he needs to join the game. Right. And so Eugene is like, huh, I don't have your money. I'm down to me last hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Good pull for the accent. Thanks. I like. I, I figured I'd go for it. See what happens. Yeah. Leave it yeah. in there. And so he he gives him his last hundred, and and Maverick's like, ah, you know, fighting a little bit, and he's like, no, I insist. It's my last hundred. You can have it. And as shortly after that, the teller comes back in and goes, it's a robbery. And they're like, no, no, we told you everything's fine. Before that, though, Maverick's talking to him about trying to get the money and how one of his friends passed away that owed him money and his wife used the money for the uh, the funeral. And he's like, oh, they never found the body. And he's like, what? They never found the body? Yeah, there was no body. <laughs> and he's like, the right. widow conned me? <laughs> he's like, what's with people? You can't even trust your friends anymore. <laughs> so he's we're we're getting some information about what's who all Maverick's been talking to and trying to get the last the that last bits of money that he has. Right, yeah, yeah. The game. But yeah, the, the teller comes back in and is like, it's a robbery. Yep. And they're like, no, no, it's fine. It's, we told you already. And then <laughs> the robber comes in, the wonderful yes. Danny Glover. Yes, which is a fantastic reference I didn't used to get early when I was a kid. But as an adult watching it, I... The, the reference there, because Mel Gibson and Danny Glover worked together on four movies, the Lethal Weapon movies. Yes. Also directed by Richard Donner, who directed this movie. I didn't know it was directed by the same guy. But and yes. the Lethal Weapon theme is played over this scene in kind of an old-timey, westerny feel. That I missed. But... As soon as it started playing, I'm like, oh, that's the music. <laughs> yeah, but so I, yeah, when this scene came and I saw it was Danny Glover, I'm like, oh, this part's great, because I knew as a kid, that it was a Lethal Weapon reference. I, yeah. mean, I, re I remember that from, from long ago, and they're because they're sitting there, and they're, like, he's robbing it, for, and he pulls out, like, he robs the, the them, and so Mel Gibson gives him the hundred he just got, and then the bank, uh, Eugene, is like, oh, I don't have anything. And <laughs> he's, he's like, like, you better do better than that. You gotta do better than that guy. <laughs> he's like, okay, well, here you go, and hands him his wallet, and it falls open, and there's probably thousands of dollars in there. Yeah, and yeah, you, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover both counting it together. Yeah, you see Mel Gibson like, can I just take my, let me just get my thousand real quick and you can have yeah, the rest. And Glover's like, don't touch that. What are you doing? And then Mel Gibson pulls down his bandana and they look at this moment where they like look at each other like they know each other and then shake their head. Nah, couldn't be, which that's the, that's yeah. the joke. And then Danny Glover leaves and says, y'all better get down if you want to keep your heads as he's setting up dynamite. Yeah. And blow the safe. Lights it and blows blows the safe, and then it goes to out front, and you see him running out, and he goes, "Oh, I'm getting too old for this stuff." <laughs> as he's running away, which was, if you've ever seen Lethal Weapon, you know that is a famous, famous line from those movies. Slightly altered. <laughs> well, I altered it. He actually says it verbatim. I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I altered it because we're we're a family friendly podcast, and we don't have any bad language. Correct. And then right after that, 
the four guys from the poker game who beat up Maverick or got beat up by Maverick corner him and pull him behind the bank. And we find out that Maverick offered them five bucks each to (laughs) take a fall. (laughs) Yep. And they're like, oh, where's our money? And he goes, you're never going to believe this, guys. I was just in the bank that just got robbed. I don't have it. And they're getting mighty angry. And he's like, well, you know what? I always keep something pinned to the inside of my jacket uh, just for a rainy day. And the guy's like, oh, good, because it was starting to cloud up pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, he chuckles like, ah, here. <laughs> yeah, he goes, I'm going to need some change back from this, guys. They're like, oh, okay. So they all start pooling their money together. Because oh, it's a $100 bill. That's... Right, yeah. It's a $100 bill. I forgot to mention that. And he's like, but I'm going to need some change back for this. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And so, so they all start pooling their money together. And you find out that, like, two of the guys had owed two of the other guys money. And it's like, hey, you've owed me eight bucks for a month. And you got 17 just yeah. bickering amongst themselves, which was is funny. And I don't did, – did it ever come give you a total of how much they had? No. He said 80 would be great, 75 would be okay. Um, and he says, I think you guys got off better than you think you did. Yeah. So I think we got close to that, but then he's he's look they're looking at the the hundred dollars and like that is that's twenty five a piece regardless of how much each one of them put in they're thinking they each get twenty five dollars so some people are going to come out way better than others. <laughs> <laughs> True, but I appreciate the spirit of they're all in that together equally. Oh. Yes, they 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 all pool their money together. They got this hundred dollar bill, and now everybody's getting twenty five. Even though maybe one of them put in six bucks, the other one put in thirty bucks. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> right, there might be a guy who actually lost five bucks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but these are clearly not smart people. Not, not uh, no no, and we'll find out how not smart they are in a little bit. Yes, we do. And originally, for some reason, I thought there was five of them. And I'm like, oh, well, can't even math. Yeah, I growing up, I thought it was a math joke that they were getting it wrong. I'm like, there's five of the guys, or, or but it's it's a joke that they're not in, in taking into account the amount of money that each one of them put in for the right paying everybody back what they put in, right, and then right. splitting the remainder. <laughs> yes, it's like okay, we split this twenty five a piece. Yay! I'm like, wait a minute, I put in thirty, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm losing money on this. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just lost five dollars on this deal. I had to pay yeah. five bucks to get hit. <laughs> okay, so we're back in the hotel room when he's trying to pull his magic, cutting to any card. He's narrating over that he used to believe if he concentrated on a card hard enough, he could actually cut to it. Yes. And we see him pick up what is it like the eight of clubs or something? Yeah. And he's just like, ah, oh, dang, and like. We don't actually know what card he was going for. Right, but it wasn't that one. <laughs> what, yeah, we just know it wasn't that one. And I remember growing up always thinking it was the Ace of Spades. Yeah. I don't know why. I guess at, as as an eight-year-old, I thought the Ace of Spades was the best card in the deck. Yeah, that could be, I mean, technically. It might be the most common card that people think of. Yeah. I think that suit outranks the other suits if you're getting down to it. So it's it's... The highest card in the deck. Yeah, ace high, but it's spades ace high. It's the highest. I I don't. I think it's, I think the order of of rank goes uh, spades, hearts, clubs, diamonds. Yeah. And then we get a second pappy quote, and I did not write this one down. Did you? 
No. But we'd get a second quote from his pappy. And then his shirt is on his bed. He unwraps it, and we see that Annabelle has taken the sleeves in quite a few inches. And they come about four inches? Four inches. They basically just ex- extend just past his elbow. Yeah. And yeah, maybe he, about five or six inches. <laughs> and, yeah, and so he pokes his head out and sees her, and he is after her in a hurry, and she's getting on, getting in line for the coach that they're going to take. And so he runs down there and makes it in time. And it's like, hey, you shrunk my shirt on purpose. And she's like, well, of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. She's like, learn yeah. to do your own laundry, you jerk. <laughs> He's like, my underwear comes from New York. Do you know where this shirt comes from? Paris, France. You can't get this in a dry goods store. It's a fancy shirt. Yeah. And then he is interrupted by Zane Cooper. Marshall Zane Cooper. We don't know that yet. Oh. We don't know that till later. Well, then cut that out. I will. <laughs> <laughs> and who is played? <laughs> we meet Zane Cooper, who is played by the late James Garner. They have some dialogue and banter back and forth, and he seems to be protective over over Annabelle, helps yes. her up into the uh, the coach. Guy can and, be chivalrous and, and protective. Yes. And then there's an old man behind, and we meet, and he turns out he's the, the driver who looks like he just came from his own funeral. Yes. Yes. And this is great, too, because Cooper is like, oh, come on, Annabelle, let's get you in. And the other guy shows up and Maverick's like, oh, I can be, pr- I, <laughs> I can be I can nice, be, too. I can be nice, too. Come on, old man. Let's go. Let's get you in. He's like, no, no, I'm, I'm the driver. Get me up there. And he's like, are you OK? <laughs> the driver's like, why does everyone keep asking me that? So and I watched this a couple times. So they're on a stagecoach on a ferry to get across the river. Yes. So. They're they're actually on a boat at first, but the stagecoach guy is just ready to. He's on top, ready to go as soon as they land. Right, because they get in the coach, and because the the ferry stops at the end, so they just want to drive right off. Right, right. So they're and it doesn't look like it's going to be a short ride because I think it's just across the little river. They're not going down or up. It's just to they're get just, to the other side. Yeah, and so while they're on there, they they kind of get to know each other. We find out that that Zane Cooper is a man of the law. And then we get to the other side of the boat. What? Yeah. We find what? out there that he's a lawman. Yeah, that's when we do. I, I what? <laughs> I I said it like five minutes earlier. <laughs> because you've seen the movie before. But he introduced himself as Zane Cooper, and then they're talking, and Annabelle goes, well, "What do you do for a living, Mister Cooper?" <laughs> no, he doesn't call him Mister Cooper. <laughs> they're not hanging with Mister Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't call him Zane either. I think she just, what do you do for a living? Yeah, and then he says, I'm a lawman. So that's when it's revealed to the first-time watchers that, that he is, in is... fact, a lawman. Yes, we don't know what kind of lawman. Right. So they get off the boat. Yes, and... they get off the boat. The, and... the, the ferry lands and the car coach just goes. <laughs> yes. And... <laughs> The driver is driving the, the coach, and we get some beautiful, beautiful open shots of the landscape of the desert. I mean, yes. the, the the landscape shots that they did for this movie. Like, I watched the DVD. Okay. But still, I, I mean, it's still not 4K. Like, it's yeah. still not high def. But even even though it's, you know, 1994 camera work, 
the the landscape is still just beautiful. I watched the VHS. <laughs> my my uh my son broke my VHS player, so Oh. Yeah, he uh Let's see if I have another one lying around. I would appreciate that. Yeah, he put stuff in it and we didn't notice it, so like when we went a chick? Yeah. They get a chick out of a VCR. <laughs> so this is the second third friends reference of the podcast and our second episode with friends references in it. Oh, we'll have to up the friends references then. Yeah, we do. I mean, I did I did two in my cousin Vinny. True. So, yeah, we do have to do more friends references, but but yeah, he was I don't know what he was using it for, but he just kept sticking things in there <laughs> and we had no idea cuz it's got that little flap that covers it. Right. And so we went to go play a VHS and we heard <laughs> <laughs> and we're like what? Eject it, we open it up, turn it upside down, just all this stuff starts falling out of it. It just it didn't work after that. <laughs> uh <laughs> kids. Ah, toddlers. I'm like I knew we should have put that up higher. Yeah, so they so we cut from the beautiful shots of the landscape and the stagecoach traversing the landscapes. Go back to town to Angel and he runs into the guys that Maverick paid, and they start laughing at him. <laughs> yes, this was this was the bit I was referring to when we find out exactly how not smart they are. Yeah, and he, the Angels, you know, hey, is something funny, and they're like, oh yeah, and they basically spill the beans that Maverick paid them five bucks each to take a fall, and Angel says, huh, you guys should have come to see me first. I would have let you fall down for free. And he grabs a cast iron pan and yeah. hits one guy in the face with it, or just right on the side of the head and knocks him cold. Down. And hits another guy with it and pretty brutally beats up all four of them and then ties a rope around one guy's neck, socks him in the stomach, and leaves him there for dead. Yeah. I think the guy saved him, but... Yeah, they waited for Angel to leave and then they picked him up and, and untied yeah. him and... But yeah, the old man's the old man sitting there just like minding his own business. Eating. <laughs> yeah, he just food watching this go down. <laughs> just like I'm not, not, no way, no how getting involved in any of that. Yep. And so that's just a little kind of add on to Angel's hatred for Maverick. And then we go back to the coach. Yep. And it is running fast and out of control. Yeah, this. Also does a good job of this scene showing the passage of time, too. You feel like a lot of time has passed from, from when they got off the ferry to this point. Yeah, I think the the montage prior to that did it. Yeah, we get the, the, the sun moving in different ways, the different landscaping shops, and I think Maverick's asleep when we come back to the... He is, yeah. He gets, they get jostled awake. Yeah, and that does all the indication of a passage of time. Yeah. yeah, well, and then the fact that they did the montage to do a passage of time and then they cut to a different area and told a little bit more of the story somewhere else and then came back to it and they're still in the stagecoach and and sleeping yeah so they usually use scene cuts to to show a passage of time and the fact that they use the scene cut to show to to go to something else and then come back and they're still riding in the stagecoach kind of lets you know they've been riding in that thing for a long time and so maverick goes up to check on the driver and driver's dead <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Coop very nobly volunteers Maverick to go stop the horses while he checks on the tire. 
yes, they said there's something wrong with the wheel, and if this wheel comes loose, we're all dead. So get up there and deal with the horses. Right. And so Maverick, I mean, it's just everything he tries just fails. He ends up underneath this coach. He ends up behind the coach. Yep. Eventually, <laughs> eventually ends up on top of the coach. Yeah, he. I mean, because he grabs a hold of the uh, the rack on the back that holds all the luggage in, and that comes loose and just hangs by the bottom strap, so he's being dragged for a little while. Yeah, and he finally gets up there and moves the dead guy out of the way and plops him down in front of <laughs> Annabelle and scares her. And then he pops his head down. Oh, sorry. And she slaps him. Yeah, <laughs> and then I so and then he gets up to the the coaches where where the, the driver was. Yes, and so we're assuming the driver dropped the reins, right? Yes, yes, the reins have been dropped, so they're on the ground getting tore up, and and so he's got to jump down to the horses and and slow them down. Okay, because I was wondering, I'm like, why didn't he just pull the the ropes from the the reins from from the the from the coach? But yeah, because they he, were dropped. They, they had, yep, they have dropped. And so he do, he does that as they're approaching a cliff. Yeah. And the horses stop on a dime. Oh, yeah. Like, they're just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Immediately stop. And that launches Maverick off and over a cliff. Yes. <laughs> and he's, you know, hanging on. So Coop and Annabelle come up to check on him. And he goes, so how was the wheel? And Annabelle's like, oh, there's nothing wrong with the wheel, being her usual helpful self. And he's like, I know, I had a great look at it from underneath the coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Coop extends his hand to to help him up, and Maverick pulls his gun and says, don't you ever try to help me again. Because they, yes. he said they were, they were helping him to build character by letting him do it. Yes, yes, it, it builds character to, to let him... <laughs> And so they walk away, and he's starting to pull himself up, and then he slips and humbly asks for help. Help. <laughs> James, you know, and, and Coop's like, I'm sorry, what was that? Help, help me, please. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Zane's not going to let him fall. So so Coop pulls him up. He's like, yeah, okay, come here. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, grab my hand. And he goes, no, 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 you you, you grab my hand. <laughs> Look out for the cactus. I don't care about the cactus. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets him up to safety. And does he shove him over? He shoves him over and goes, oh, yeah. get your hands off me. Yeah, he he pushes Coop down. He's like, don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to them. They basically bury the driver under a bunch of rocks. Yeah, classic makeshift grave in most Western movies. Okay. And so they, yeah, get him under the rocks. They put like a little stick there with his hat on top of it as a kind of a grave marker. And Coop's like, well, you know, someone ought to say something nice about the deceased. And so Maverick decides that he's going to start singing uh, Amazing Grace. Yep. Because that's just, I mean, that's that's what you sing at a funeral, I guess. Yeah. So they all start singing Amazing Grace and it fades to the next scene. Yeah, it goes to, I guess, the telegraph office, the post office, wouldn't it be? Yeah, telegraph office. And the guy gets a telegraph. You hear it kind of beeping in. The guy rips it and hands it to Angel, and it says, do not let Maverick get to the big game. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so somebody has it out for Maverick. Yes. 
So that raises the question, did Angel know of Maverick before he came into the tavern? Was he waiting for Maverick to be there? No. I mean, because he clearly, he probably didn't know him by face because people don't have pictures. Right. Maybe he just knew there was going to be a guy named Maverick. People do have pictures. Yeah. Pictures back then. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he's not getting a text saying, take care of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. But like, okay, someone has a picture of him. It's not like someone like was like, here, let me pull out my wallet. See this guy right here? Don't let him get to the game. He could have been told, like, hey, there's, if you run into a guy named Maverick. Yeah, but, I mean, if, if he's getting a telegram from the town he was in, there somebody, whoever sent him the telegram, had to know he was in that town. Yeah. So I'm guessing he's been either trailing Maverick or knew Maverick was coming that way and was supposed to either intervene or, or something. Or... It was like, hey, if, if Maverick comes through this way, send me a telegram. And he sends whoever a telegram saying, hey, Maverick's in this town. He just hopped on a stage and headed out. And then yeah. again, he gets one back and is like, okay, here, don't that let him make be. the game. That could be that he didn't necessarily know he was looking. He wasn't necessarily waiting for Maverick. He was just there in case Maverick came that way. Yeah. And the fact that he did run into Maverick, that got him involved. Yes. Okay. So then they stumble upon a wagon train. That has been robbed by uh, natives. Yes. And Maverick offers to go handle it. First, he's like, well, there's no there's no hostile natives in this area. And, of course, he's wrong because <laughs> the stagecoach, you can't see me. I'm doing air quotes when he said I, wrong. Yeah. Air quotes. I'm talking to the listeners. You can't hear the I air won. quotes. <laughs> but, but yeah. Uh, yes. He says there's there's no hostile natives in this area. Says that it's white people masquerading as natives, playing on on the settlers' fears of natives. And, of course, he gets told he's wrong. And then he says, if I can get your money back for you, would that be worth... Uh, first, he asks, how much money is it? And Annabelle's like, what a horrible question to ask. So how much money is it? In the same yeah. breath. And they find out it's $30,000. And Brad's like, I only need three. If I can get it back for you, would that be worth 10%? which would cover his, what he needs to get into the game. So he wouldn't have to hunt anymore. Yep, he could just collect his money and go to the game. And they reluctantly agree. And did you catch the two sisters' names? Mary Margaret. And? I don't, I don't know the other one. Margaret Mary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Margaret and Margaret Mary? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did not catch that other name. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> They're Mary Margaret and Margaret Mary. And they both refer to each other as such. And so it they they reluctantly agree to give Maverick the ten percent if he gets the money back and so it cuts to Maverick tracking. Yes. Tracking the, the thieves with, with Coop and Annabelle. In tow, yes. In tow because Annabelle wants a cut and I think Coop kinda wants to see Maverick die. <laughs> I mean, they've been traveling together, so just keep traveling yeah. together. <laughs> he clearly wants to keep an eye on Maverick. Yeah, or Annabelle. Either or, yeah. So, and then they're talking about Annabelle wants her cut because she's going to help. Yes. Like, what are you going to do for your for your cut? Yeah, she's like, I'm going to help. And he's like, how are you <laughs> going to help? And then she trips and falls, grabs him by the waist, grabs his gun, and sends a shot right into the dirt. Which is great because I'm you don't really know Jodie Foster to do visual comedy like that. Yes, and I have I have a fun fact that'll come up 
Sure. No, no. It actually it, it pertains now. So they they pulled up on the wagon train with the wagon from the the stagecoach they were riding, and now they're on they're now they're on foot looking for for the natives. But when they get off the stagecoach, Annabelle's got her little parasol. Yeah. And Maverick reaches like he's gonna help her down, but he grabs the parasol instead and holds that, and she kind of stumbles off the the stagecoach and. Uh, the director liked that bit so much. They kind of added a bit more of clumsiness to her character. Okay. Like she, I mean, she she's capable. She's she's, but she's got a little bit of a, a stumble to her, which is why she was kind of the pushing her out the window or the the stumbling over the rocks and letting the gun off. It's they decided to add a little bit more clumsiness to that character. And I, and I like it. I like the way they did it too, because they didn't go over the top with it. There's just a few moments. Of it. No, and it didn't diminish her at all as a character either. It was just she. She's just. It was always that she was always. It was always charming the way she did it. Yeah, and it was always an endearing thing. So a great timing there. But so yeah. So then Maverick gets on the ground like he's listening to the dirt, and Annabelle mimics him. What are we doing? What are we? What are we listening for? What do you hear? And he goes, "Here, the best time to track him is at sundown." I figure I'm gonna take myself a little nap until then. Yeah, he rolls over and gets comfy. Yep, and takes a nap. And now it's dark time. They track them thieves and find them. Yeah, this is he. He finds the uh, he finds some hoof prints, and he's like, "See, these are these are shod horse prints, and the natives don't shod their horses." Oh yes, that's a very important thing. That was a little earlier, and now they're outside the thieves' camp. It's dark and. They're kind of coming up with an action plan, and they're arguing over how they're going to split the uh, reward. And eventually, they come to an agreement, and they send Maverick out there to confront them. Right, because <laughs> Maverick's trying to get help. <laughs> like, okay, we can take them. <laughs> Coop's like, what's this we talk? Yeah. This is your you show. On, you keep <laughs> on using this word, we. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and he uh, gets Annabelle's Derringer before headed out there right which bumps her up to 60 percent or 40 yes. percent from 30 60 60 40 and to coop uh, you got my back if anything goes wrong is it coops like of course he's like this isn't no this isn't any uh the wheels coming off is it he's like no no this is about dying and he pulls out his gun he's like i got you if if it comes to it and then and well then he looks at animal and goes no <laughs> <laughs> that wheel was about broken bones this is about dying yeah <laughs> But he uh, gives Annabelle a look and shakes his head like, no, he's not going to. As soon as Maverick turns around and walks away. Yeah. (laughs) And so Maverick stands by the fire and wakes up the thieves and says, hey, you know, there's a we're not no need to be afraid. I'm just traveling by and noticed your fire. Also, you each of you has a gun uh, fixed on your head right now. And then he says Zane Cooper and Annabelle Bransford. Ugly out there. Bransford. <laughs> Ugly Annie Bransford. And <laughs> yeah, it just, he takes an opportunity to really make fun of them. And he has some pretty good lines in there about little Annie Bransford. And he says, now whistle to let him know that you're out there. And as it turns out, neither one of them can whistle. So he <laughs> says, well, go ahead and clap if you can't whistle. And so they, they clap. And uh, <laughs> one of the thieves who's drunk they're all drunk but one of the thieves decides he's gonna be bold and goes for his gun and that then a gunfight ensues yeah yeah he brent was just trying to 
since they're all drunk and confused, just round them all up and get them right. Get them all moving. tied up and moved back to to settle it peacefully. Yeah. And then there was that one guy who decided he was gonna take action, and yeah, so a gunfight ensues, and Maverick does pretty okay for himself. Coop steps in a couple times, very yeah. subtly. Yeah, just a shot here and there. He Maverick even ends up using the Derringer. Yeah, and Annabelle, oh, that was my gun. That was my gun. Yeah. All proud of herself that her gun shot somebody. Yeah. Yeah, she was excited about it. And she was reluctant to give it to him before. She's like, you're the fastest. Why do you need my little gun? <laughs> and I just say, who, who says he's the fastest? <laughs> he's like, it's, <laughs> it's true I'm fast, but when it comes to people I can't hit, <laughs> I can't yeah. hit anybody. Yeah, I'm fast, but I can't hit anything, especially yeah. with people. Yeah, yeah. And as it turns out, because I don't think they actually kill a single thief. No, no. He, he what is he? He kicks the fire at one point to just kind of get ash and, and smoke and coals up in someone's faces. He shoots a couple rocks off the ledge and uh, yeah. a couple people in the hand so they don't they can't use their guns anymore. But Yeah, they don't kill anybody. And then they find the money and, and they... They go back to, they take the... And Maverick's like, don't let her touch that money. Don't let her within 10 yards of that money. <laughs> because they decide that, that Coop should should handle the money, yes. being the lawman. Yeah, which is a good choice. It is. And so they go back to the wagon train where we see the thieves are all tied up to one of the coaches and kids are hitting them with sticks. Yes. Very <laughs> common practice back in the Western times. Was it? For for criminals, you get the you, you catch a criminal and you pelt them with rocks or sticks or yeah, you, just, you tie them up so that so the kids can hit them with sticks. Yeah, on Sundays they'd all go watch the hanging right after church. Yep. All right. Glad we don't live in those times anymore, huh? Uh huh. And so they get the money back, and the I think it's Mary Margaret is counting the the reward money, and yes. she. You know, 27, or 24, 25, 26, 28. <laughs> and Annabelle's like, 27. She goes, are you sure? So oh, I'm sure. And Maverick's like, she would know. <laughs> <laughs> and so they give uh, Maverick his 10%. And Mary Margaret and Margaret Mary are talking about how they only have 27,000, not 30,000. And that's just not enough to... To start a mission, but don't worry, because the Lord will provide. And they look directly at Maverick right after that, and give the give us gives him puppy dog eyes, as well as the puppy dog that's with <laughs> them gives puppy dog eyes. Yeah. And Maverick decides, oh, you know what? Fine. Here, here's your three grand. Go start your mission. He said he's, he had another line from his pappy too. Uh, there, oh. did you write? Did you write that down? No. I just another pappy quote. Did you write what it was? No, I didn't write what it was. This is your thing. It was, um, it was really long. It was, but the gist of it was like, well, and it, 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 it definitely said, don't take money from ladies in need. And here, here you go. You can have your money back. <laughs> and Annabelle's pretty fussed about it. Because she still wants, she wants her cut. Right. She's so. like, he's like, fine. You want half what I have here? And he gives her a coin. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what size coin it was. But she spits in his hand. <laughs> his hand might have been empty. <laughs> that could have been too. I thought there was a coin in it, but and then he wipes it off on her shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Coop's like, I don't know if we we said it, but these guys were whites masquerading as as natives to to. Yes, they were to play on the fears of settlers. 
Right. And Coop's like, well, if those guys weren't the ones playing the drums, who was doing that? And then Annabelle goes, well, maybe it was them. <laughs> and points to a very large tribe of natives who are standing on top of a hillside looking down. Yes. Then we see Graham Greene there, and he starts speaking in his native tongue. Yes. Which Maverick knows. Yes. But pretends like, or first asks if anyone catches what he said. Yeah, he's like, did anybody catch that? He wants I to mean, know if, if they can speak freely in, in his native language or if, if anybody else is going to pick up on what they're saying. And nobody does, which is fortunate. So he basically is having this conversation with his friend and being like, hey, like these people are terrified of natives and play into like all the stereotypes to really scare them. Right, and then, yell, and, yell and shoot your guns in the air. and, and... Yeah, it's just... <laughs> Graham Greene's like, character is like, how long is this going to take? It's hot out here. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, just just do it and I'll explain later. And his buddy's like, yeah, okay, whatever, sure. And so they play along and just, you know, freak out the uh, the settlers. And eventually it gets to where Maverick explains that we're on sacred ground and someone needs to go and pass their bravery test where they cut off both your hands. <laughs> and if you don't make a sound, you pass. <laughs> and <laughs> which what <laughs> it's just making stuff up to scare them pretty much yeah and so uh, Coop's like oh well I'll go and whatnot because for the wheel thing Maverick's like no 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 uh, I can't do what you do Coop you have to get these people to safety and out out of the get them to a town and I'll uh, I'll go I'll go do the bravery test and I'll meet up with you later at the game yes and so, yeah, that settles that. They send, Maverick sends himself off. Annabelle calls him Brett for the first time ever. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, he goes off with the natives. And his friend, his... It, Graham Greene plays a guy named Joseph. That's his name. Joseph, yeah. <laughs> calls him Joe. And so they're side by side. And, and Joe's like, hey, you want to tell me what this is all about? Kind of at the side of his mouth. And. Maverick's like, yeah, I'll tell you later. Hold on. He goes, okay, you'll tell me later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to Maverick riding a bike with some kids. Yep. Very, then, very dated, old, old looking bike. I mean, for the time in, in 1865, I think it was. 80. Or 1880. 1880-ish, yeah. Okay. And then he falls over and it shows him catching up with Joe. And he's like, oh, I about killed myself on that bike. He goes, well, you're the first one to ever ride it. We got it from uh, some rich Russian guy living nearby who wants to. Uh, <laughs> the the real native experience, you know, like from the books. How, yeah. white man. <laughs> he, yeah, he wants me to talk like they do out of the books, <laughs> you know, and just, you know, totally mocking the stereotypes that they had back then. And so, yeah, they're catching up and he's talking about the money he needs and whatnot. And. He gets, Joe gets an idea. Yeah, because Joseph says, sorry, I don't have it. <laughs> yeah, because nobody has the money. Right, right. Nobody has the money to pay him. Right. And so he goes, he's like, I have an idea. I'm going to go square it away. And so Joseph goes, we see the Russian guy. He goes to the Russian guy and he starts, you know, talking to him normally. And the Russian guy's like not having it. And he goes and he says something. And you see Joe go, kind of get this. Like, 
fed up look on his face, but like reluctantly going because he's getting paid for it. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just like. He's uh. getting- He's getting money for this experience, so yeah. So the the Russians pay him to be a Native American stereotype. Yes, and he's just like over it, but he's like, ah, but it's money, so so he plays along and starts, you know, talking in the what now would be offensive, right? He's like, how white man? <laughs> yeah, this very very over it, dry. Just... Yeah, he's playing along just because it's money, but he's not giving. It's he's not making it a performance. No, no, and the Russian's all happy. He's like, hello, noble savage. Ha <laughs> what's up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he basically says, here's the, the Russian's like, I'm, I've killed everything. Avid hunter. He's like, I've killed all the animals around, and I'm bored. And Joseph's like, hey, well, why don't you shoot a, a Native American? <laughs> yeah, greatest Western thrill of all. Yeah, the greatest, we- yeah. And- shoot a Native. And this intrigues the Russian guy. It is, yes, it. And yeah, it, yeah. so they agree, and yeah, the Russians like, is this legal? And and he's like, like it's you know okay. what, Whiteman's been doing it for years. It's fine. Yeah, he's like, no, it's fine. It's it's a thousand dollars. He's sick anyway. Like, you're, it's a mercy thing. You're putting him out of his misery. Yeah. And so he agrees to the thousand dollars, and so we get. He's looking for Maverick, who's dressed up in Native American garb. Over the top, ridiculous. I, I don't. I... It's over the top. It's basically what the Russian guy saw in a book and was yeah. like, "Do this." And yeah, he's so, got makeup all over his face. He's he's got the full headdress. Right. And Joseph nudges him like, "Act sick." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Act sick," and he's like, "Did you get a hold of his gun to to alter it?" And he's like, "No, he w- he wouldn't go near it." But I have an idea. And so he's like, it's considered dishonorable to die by the white man's weapon. Like, here, you have to use use our weaponry to kill him. That's yeah, so noble. he gives him his bow. Yeah. And he shoots the bow and messes up his hand. Yeah. He uh, he misses, misses Maverick. Why not much, if I recall. No, it's not. It's lucky the tree was there. <laughs> yeah. It's only by like two inches or three inches. It's very close. And yeah, he hurts his hand with the bow and <laughs> hurls an insult at Joseph and then grabs his rifle. And Joseph's like, no, no, if you're going to use that, it's a thousand more. And the Russian guy at this point is like, fine. And yeah. so picks up his gun, aims and fires. And Maverick perfectly plays like he got hit. Yeah, just as the Russian aims, uh, Joseph goes, ah. <laughs> so Maverick can look up and. He looks over at them and then drops. Like, basically. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> uh, fun, <laughs> fun fact too. This uh, bit was shot in Yosemite Valley in California. Oh, was it? Yeah, you can see the Half Dome Mountain in the background when Maverick gets "quote unquote" shot by the Russian. Okay, I didn't. I didn't notice it. Yeah. Uh, you can. You can see that Joseph is worried after Maverick <laughs> goes down because he's not. A hundred percent sure the Russian guy missed. <laughs> exactly. He's kind of looking at it, looking over there. And then the Russian guy's like, well, are you gonna just going to leave him there for the vultures? And Joseph's like, well, I didn't like him very much. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> let's go get the money. <laughs> let's go get the money. Yeah, basically. And he, sees, he sees Maverick's head poke up just a little bit. Yeah. And he's like relieved. Yeah. So he's ushering the Russian guy along. And then 
So, yeah, so then they're back at the camp and they're talking about um, what happened. And Maverick's clearly mad because he's like, I almost got killed. There's arrows whizzing by my head. Bullets missing me by an inch. And uh, Joseph's like, oh, here, shoot my bow. Go ahead and shoot it. And he's like, okay, five seconds, go. <laughs> like he's going to shoot him and hunt him down. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so Maverick, you know, shoots it and drops it and curses because his hand. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, anyone who uses my bow can't use their hand for at least half a day. <laughs> it's like, I saved your life. Yeah, saved your life, man. And then he gives him a thousand dollars. Yeah, he's like, he's "Hey, like, you, you earned it. <laughs> it's all you." I was able to talk that guy up to a thousand dollars, though. And Maverick's like, "Oh, you could have talked him up to two. And Joseph's like, "Oh, no, 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 no. That's that's too far. That's too greedy." <laughs> Even though that's what he did. Yep. So Joseph so, got his thousand, and Maverick and, got his thousand. And they're square. Yep. I think I don't know if they're square, but we're gonna go ahead and gonna gonna call it that. And so we got Maverick on horseback, traveling back to, uh, I think he's headed to the game now. He's still 2,000 short, but he's yep. headed at least to to the game to or to meet up with the party. Yeah, he thinks he can, he's hoping he can get the rest gambling. Yeah, along the way. And so as he's traveling, he sees a horse kind of standing by itself. And as he investigates, he sees a man laying injured on a rock as he goes over to check that out he turns the guy over and reveals a is it a familiar face to him or has he not seen this guy yet no he hasn't seen this guy but the guy's looks like he's been shot in the face or or had his eye messed up just kind of a shocking face yeah and then then he smiles at him yeah yeah he's got the he's got the scar over his um, part of his face his eyes I, i don't know if it's missing or it's it's all whited out yeah, yeah. And then he smiles at him. Yeah, and then Angel and another one of Angel's cronies start beating him up. Yeah. And I'm thinking that these two other guys were in different cities on the river looking for Maverick. Possibly, yeah. They were all just kind of out. The game's going to be on a riverboat on this river. There's little settlements lost along the river trying to get there. And if Angel and his guys are just looking in different cities for Maverick, then once he got the telegram to let not let Maverick get the game and send the telegram to the other guys and say, this way, let's go. Yeah, so they're all like kind of searching, and then once one of them finds him, then they... And then, yeah, Angel says, you know, before Maverick blacks out, he says, first, I wasn't... I was just going to prevent you from getting to the game, but after the stunt you pulled, I'm going to kill you, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's personal. <laughs> it's personal, yeah. And then we're back to where we were Which... at the start of the movie. Really, Maverick didn't do anything to him except embarrass him. Well, and then he teased him pretty good. Yeah, but <laughs> like he did openly mock him in front of. Oh yeah, because that that <laughs> in front of a, a a full bar of people. Yeah, that's not him... like took money from him. They don't. No one else knows that Maverick paid the other guys off. So it's like okay, fair, but still, <laughs> you embarrass me. Now you're gonna die. Basically, yeah, that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> Yeah. And so now we're back where we are at the start of the movie with... <laughs> you embarrassed me in front of four guys that I beat up. <laughs> yeah. And so now we're back to where we started the movie to with Maverick with a noose around his neck tied to a tree, bag of snakes on the ground, on horseback, hands behind, tied behind his back. And he's alone. Angel and the cronies have taken off because they yep. don't want to be associated with Maverick's accidental death, is the way he put it. And Maverick gets lucky, 
and the tree branch breaks. Yeah. Yes. Africa is very lucky. <laughs> yes. Pulling him backwards off the horse, and he lands on the ground with the snakes all around him, and he tells his horse to go. Ollie. Ollie the horse. Ollie the horse. Tells Ollie to go, and Ollie goes. And Good then horse. he tells Ollie to stop, and Ollie does not stop. <laughs> no, he keeps dragging him. <laughs> For a while, too. Yeah. yeah. And eventually his boot pops off, and he's able to get his foot out of the stirrup. And he shakes loose the wad of money from inside his pants. Yes, he does. He, he has been good about hiding his money on his person. Yes, to where no one finds it. Because that would yes. be a lot of money to lose. Yes, that would be a lot of money to lose. And that and I'm sure I'm sure they rifled through his bags and everything, but I doubt they would check his pants. Right. They might have even checked his boot. Yes. But the wad of money was up basically at his thigh. Yep, he's done very good at keeping it. He's to safety and it cuts and it shows us the riverboat that the big game is on. He gets to the boat, he runs into Annabelle, he's still two thousand short. Which Th- this whole scene, the the whole scene with them on the boat, on the exterior of the boat, has some of the worst ADR. Thank you. <laughs> I was gonna mention. I have it down here in my notes a little bit okay, later. Okay, sorry. And I'm like, this whole. I was telling Rachel, I go, this whole boat scene is ADR. Yeah, well, I mean, because they shot it on an actual steamboat, so the sound would be awful. They couldn't Horrible. use the actual stuff, but it it didn't line up well at all. The ADR no. is awful. It's so bad. And Rachel's like, "How can you tell?" And I go, "Look at the mouth flaps; they don't, yeah, they don't line up." And it it just it sounds off too. Even even if they use that audio and it synced up perfectly, it would sound like it's recorded elsewhere. It didn't feel right. The ADR on this entire exterior is not good. But yeah, I definitely I was gonna bring that up because I'm like, there's okay. no way there's no way Marshall did not notice this, and <laughs> nope. I cannot wait to get into it because actually used a lot of ADR on this movie. Yes, in at least the last half. Well, some of it was good. But a lot of it, I mean, you noticed almost all of it. Yeah, I noticed a lot of it. Yeah, especially when they're on boats. Yeah, well, that's all outside. But like when they were on the river boat, the ADR wasn't that bad then. Yeah. I mean, you could tell if you were looking for it. Right. But like... and, this, and once they're inside the boat and the, there's not river water and outside noises affecting it, I mean, it's basically on a soundstage or something. Yeah, the interior. The sound is a whole lot better. So he reconvenes with Annabelle. We realize that she's 4,000 short. He's 2,000. Right. And he, he fakes her out with the hand thing. She's like, yeah. how'd you escape? <laughs> and he, yeah, he's like, well, they only cut off one of my hands. Yeah. So he pulls up one hand and holds up the, the stub where he had pulled his hand inside his sleeve and he pops it out. He's like, ah, I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and that something we didn't touch on, too, is <laughs> talking when he was talking to Joseph, he was like, what do, what do I tell them? How do I, how do I escape with both my hands? <laughs> Oh, yeah. And jo- Joseph's like, ah, tell him the truth. Tell him you got us all drunk up on fire water and ran away in the confusion. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me. I like that he called that the truth. <laughs> yeah. While he's talking to Annabelle, he sees the Russian that tried to kill him. <laughs> yes. And, and gets an idea and he go, tells, he excuses himself and goes and basically taps the Russian and goes, excuse me, I need you for a minute. And the Russian guy goes, do you know who I am? And he goes, no, but I know who I am. Department of Native American Affairs or something like that. Yeah. You see the Russian guy get really scared and he's like, oh, okay. And Maverick comes up with this whole big ploy of like, that he knows exactly what he did and he's facing (laughs) 10 years in prison plus a $6,000 fine. 
yeah, that Joseph talked and, and he's going to be, be in jail for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And the guys like the Russian guy's like, well, I have, I have money on me here. Just take the 6,000 and we'll call it square. So he pulls out a big wad of cash, counts out 6,000, hands it to Maverick. And Maverick's like, okay, yeah, I guess I don't have time for all that paperwork. Yeah, yeah, he's going home anyway, so. Yeah, grabs a 6000 puts it in his pocket. As he turns to leave, grabs the rest of the money out of the Russian's other hand and, <laughs> and walks away. Which, based on the pile of money they took from the Russian the first time, is about another 6000 Which, yeah, what, is he, what did he do with that other 6000 Now he just has more money. <laughs> yeah, I guess. A lot of money. It is just, a lot of money. To just up and steal from somebody. <laughs> yeah. So the, he needed the 25000 to enter the, the tournament. And I didn't look up current. I, I just saw a fun fact for it. That would be somebody raising $600,000 in 2004. In 2004, that would have been $600,000, the, the price of a, a house. So nowadays, it would be probably a bit more. Um, I did not look up the inflation of that. We have the time. The last time we told people to do it themselves. Yeah, I'm not going to. 25,000. Did we get complaints? It, no. <laughs> From our parents? <laughs> nope. You pick a different planet? Yeah. <laughs> it would be worth roughly 750,000 today. Okay. So, yeah, a bit more, but yeah. Imagine imagine raising that amount of money for a poker game. Wow. Well, he literally just robbed 6,000 from the guy. True. So, like, which would be a hundred thousand, hundred thousand nowadays. Yeah. You just thank you. Yoink. Yep. And so he goes back to Annabelle and he goes, "Hey, I got something for you." And you're in the game. And hands her the four thousand dollars. Yeah. And she's like, "Yeah, you're the best." And she calls him Brett again, I think, or Bert again. Ah, uh, I think she calls him Brett. Maybe she calls him Brett. Anyway, everyone boards the ship. Well. <laughs> Maverick's like, if you do win, I expect half your winnings. And she's like, well, then I expect half of yours. And um, he's like, uh, maybe we just think of this as a loan then. <laughs> as they start headed into the boat. Right, as they're heading into the boat. And as they're walking in, they do a really good job of like showing the interior of the boat and what it looks like. And then as they're walking by, Maverick sees Angel and his buddies and decides he's gonna, well, he punches two of them. Yeah, he's gonna start something, <laughs> and and then Angel blocks his punch. Yeah, yeah. There's they're sitting at a bar, and he taps one of them on the shoulder and hits him. And when the other guy turns around, he hits the other guy. And Angel's ready for it. At Angel's this point. the last one to turn around, but he's ready for it this time because two of his, his two friends just got punched in in a scene that can I can only that I equate to um, a scene from Pirates of the Caribbean where Angel and his guys just left Maverick to hang, and all of a sudden. He's there. It's like, how how did you get there? And there's the the scene from Pirates of the Caribbean where Barbosa leaves Jack on an island with uh, Elizabeth, and then they're back at the cave, and then Jack starts walking up. It's like, what are you doing here? I just left you on an island like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> and it's just just that surprise of what? Yeah, they get they get stopped from having their brawl, and Angel, as Angel walks by, Maverick sticks his foot out and trips him. Which I liked. <laughs> yeah, as as much as as much as Angel is supposed to keep him away and wants Maverick dead, he's 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 at the game. There's hundreds of people around. You can't do anything now. Nope, you gotta just let the chips fall where they may. And so it goes to everyone's basically crowded in the poker room, 
And Commodore gets up and starts announcing that the tournament is getting ready to begin. First, he says that I own this boat, so that's a rich guy. Yeah. He owns, a, owns his own boat. Yeah. So that's impressive. And he starts announcing the rules. Play till you drop. Winner take all. Cheaters go overboard. And, and lose their entry fee. You're cheating, you just get chucked overboard. And security is, is handled by Marshall Zane Cooper. Yes, we, we find out he is a, a, a United States Marshal. Not a sheriff, not a basic deputy or anything. He is a, a U.S. Marshal. Yes, and he pulls out his guns and he says these are the only two guns allowed on board and anyone else who decides they want to break that rule had better be faster than he is yes and he he proceeds to put his left hand gun away in his holster and drop his right hand gun on the floor (laughs) (laughs) to the amusement of everybody and i don't know if that was an actual accident and that they kept in or i I was, was looking, looking to see if that was something that just happened and they kept it in. Uh, I couldn't find anything on it. I would like to believe that maybe it was something that James Garner ad-libbed. And so now we get everyone lined up to turn in their entry fee into... It's like a little suitcase type thing. And then... Um, what? The gun drop was an accident. It was an accident. Yes. Just like Jodie Foster stumbling off the carriage after Mel Gibson takes the parasol, James Garner dropping the gun was an accident that they loved because he handed them the gun and they just left it in. Perfect. I love that. Okay. And so, I found it. yeah, good. I'm glad you did. So yeah, we, uh, they get all the entry fees and Hoop is holding the bag that it's all in and says, we are 25,000 short of half a million dollars in here. There's one entry fee missing. Commodore, if you would. And so the Commodore pays his entry fee and they turn to the safe and and Coop says, now this safe was brought here specifically for this. I am the only one who knows the code or the password. So, or the combination. That's it. Combination's on a safe. And when the Commodore hands in the money, he's like, do I need to count it? (laughs) (laughs) They lock up the money and he says, all right, find your spot and let the game begin. And we go into the movie's second montage. Yes, and a song that feels a bit out of place in the movie. I thought so, too. It's a more upbeat and more modern song, I'd yeah. say. It's not jaunty nor old-timey. <laughs> no, it's not old-timey. It's, it's more of a modern song. Did not look up the song, but it, it seemed a bit out of place for the movie thus far. Oh, and earlier it was revealed that there are 20 people in the game, if you couldn't math. Yes, if, if, you didn't want to, 20. <laughs> if you didn't want to math that. Second montage ends with our first cheater being caught and very violently thrown overboard. Yes, and this is the guy that had the cards up his sleeves? Yeah. Yeah, he's reaching for his pot and Coop comes over and goes, I don't think so, pulls up his sleeve and yep. reveals that he has one of those intricate metal Yeah, one of the uh, card delivery systems that either sticks out or you can put a card in it and pull it back into your sleeve. Yeah. Put one out or, yeah. So they throw him overboard. Yeah. And then they divide the chips up evenly among the Better know how to swim. Good luck. Basically, which, that's pretty brutal to just throw someone overboard in the middle of a river. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's a fast-moving river, but still, it's it's a good swim back. Yeah. 
And then it goes back to more people playing cards, and then we catch the second guy cheating. He sits back, and what Coop comes over and like opens up his yeah, it's the, shirt. The, the old guy with the top hat, right? Yeah, yeah. He sits back, and Coop opens up his shirt, just shows the device inside there with bits of cards with cards coming out. He's like, "You're out." Yep. And so they bring him over, and they let he says, "If, if you if it's okay, I'd like to do it myself." Yeah, he grabs his little top hat and jumps. Yep. <laughs> You see his little legs flailing. And I thought it was nice that Coop let him. He goes, oh, yeah, it's your pleasure, sir. Go ahead and jump off. And then we get to the numbers dwindling down. And we the, the night's clearly, it's clearly late. And the numbers have dwindled. And we start seeing the final losers lose. As we draw close to the final four, you see the Commodore beat a guy who, with he's, he gets four of a kind. And beats the other guy who had a full house. And... You see him cry, and was it the, the the dealer who gets up and says, "Oh, let's go get you a drink." Yeah, and he walks off crying, and and Commodore oh. and Coop have a little bit of a chat about four players who can't afford to lose. <laughs> this is where you can see who script everything together to be here versus people who are rich who are here. Right, people who are gambling with their whole life savings. Right, versus this guy that's playing Annabelle. <laughs> it's Annabelle next who. Beats. Does she bluff him out? Don't think she bluffed him. But he he very gracefully says it was a pleasure. He said, "Oh, it was the most fun I ever had losing." Yeah, and he's he's just smiling and walking away as she leads as far over as she can to pull in all her chips. Right, and e- each time they win, someone wins. The the dealer says, "I'll make sure your chips are are there for the final table." Yeah, and then she another another bit of the clumsiness. She slides out of her chair. Then it goes to Angel. Who who wins? Yeah, there wasn't a lot of just it wasn't a good a back and forth or anything. It's just, just he just wins, puts his hands up, is like we're good. Then the guy gets up, and I think it's his wife that comes up, and he just kind of sticks his hand right in her face. Yeah, he gets up, finishes the drink, puts his hand right in her face, and goes into his room and slams the yeah. door. Yeah, then that that guy is like, okay, he probably wasn't his life savings, but it was a lot of money. He felt it, and his wife probably didn't want him to play in the first place. And then it goes to to Maverick's table, and I really like the way this played out because yeah. it's it was I think it was kind of a call earlier to where in in the the first time he played Angel in the bar oh so long ago when he bluffed yeah that I totally glossed over, and Angel picks up his cards and he's like hey you didn't pay to see those so the guy calls Maverick and Maverick just kind of slides his hand face down over to the guy and the guy picks it up and looks at it looks up smiles sets it down gets up and shakes his hand and says good luck and walks yeah. away and then the dealer gets up and shakes his hand and i don't know if you caught this but when the dealer stands up his chair sticks to him because <laughs> he's been sitting there a while just... yeah he just he, he well he gets up and the chair comes with him and so he ends up reaching behind him and grabbing the chair <laughs> and shaking Maverick's hand, but he's got this chair attached to his backside. Nice. <laughs> That's funny. The final four is the Commodore, Angel, Annabelle, and Maverick. It's now four o'clock in the morning. Is this where we get the next guy that gets tossed off the boat? Not quite. Okay. It comes in a little bit. Okay. Do you have a red down? Uh, I think so. No, I don't think I do. But they I call it an hour break. Yeah. Everyone is back at five o'clock. Whoever's not back in the room at 5 o'clock forfeits their chips. Very strict with the timeline. Both Maverick and Annabelle are looking for each other, and they knock on each other's door, and they start 
making out. So it shows, yeah, they're on Maverick's bed making out. Yes. And it shows Maverick putting his wallet, reaching over, putting his wallet, putting his watch into the nightstand and closing it for safety. And then it cuts to outside in the hallway, and we've got the timekeeper, I guess you'd call him, announcing that there's 30 minutes left. And then it goes into Maverick's room, and they're doing stuff. And Maverick's head pops up from behind the bed. They're engaged in Congress. They're engaged in... Sure. <laughs> Why not? And then... <laughs> Maverick's head pops up and goes, Hey, he's four minutes fast. Yeah. And then... <laughs> we got time. You see Annabelle's hand reach up and pull him back down. And it's about... It's somewhere in, in here, in the half hour, 15 minutes, five minutes, that Coop bumps into a man and a gun drops on the floor. And he's like, Oh, is... is this yours ma'am and picks it up and the guy's like oh no it, it was mine oh it was yours can you can you swim and he goes oh what, what i mean to say is it was hers i was just holding it holding it for her yeah no but she can't <laughs> and and he opens up his coat and he goes this one too and he goes yep holding that one for her too sir <laughs> Coop's like well why don't you both come with me takes them and throws them overboard then we're at five minutes till game time and Maverick's getting ready, and we reveal uh, reveal that he is locked in his room. He can't get out, and then it shows the outside of his room, and his door is chained shut. Yes. After Annabelle had left, someone came by and chained his room shut. Yes. So he couldn't be to the game. And then it it kind of pans from back forth from Maverick in his room, trying to think of what to do, and everyone sitting around at the table, ready to play, waiting for five o'clock. To the point where Coop says to the dealer, it looks like Maverick's going to be a no-show. Why don't you start dividing up his chips now? And then Maverick goes out his window, grabs one of the curtains, swings around the back of the ship, grabs onto the railing, climbs over, runs down on uh, starboard side, kicks the door open and says, wait. As the the five o'clock is chiming. Yeah. And they give him a pass. And they're like, well, he's here. During this scene on the boat, though, I, I think I glossed over it, but I'll touch on it now. They oh, they always cut to an exterior shot of the boat to symbolize a lot of time passing. Yes, yeah, so you can see uh, early on it was dark. It's starting to get lighter out. You had sunrise, and now it's day. It's getting, yeah. It's getting there because it's 5 a.m. 5 a.m., <laughs> and then it goes to daytime again, and now we're back at... Uh, we're closing into the on the final hands. Yes, because Annabelle, it's Annabelle's turn to bet, and she's like, "I see, I see you're this much," and she's like, "Oh well, can I just bet everything I have left?" And pushes all of her chips in. Commodore folds, Angel folds, Maverick starts to fold, and then you see him listen for a second, and he calls and says, "Oh right, all I got is a pair of sixes. If you can beat that, then uh, you maybe look quite the fool." And she's like. I'm out of the game. You put me out of the game. How did you know I was bluffing? I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I didn't flick my hair. I didn't hit my teeth. And Mavericks, and she starts listing off all her tells that Maverick listed. And he's like, you held your breath. <laughs> and she's like, what? And he's like, oh, you always breathe really heavily when you're excited. <laughs> and she's like, I did not hold my breath. And she looks at the other players like, did I hold my breath? And they are like, yep. Yep. Yes. 
And the nicest you've ever seen Angel look in this movie, he's just like, yeah. And she's like, well, gets up and she goes, I'll just pretend like I was playing with somebody else's money. And he's like, well, that shouldn't be too hard to do. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're to assume that she almost got the entirety of her money by either stealing it from somebody or having it given to her by conning people. And the last of it as a gift right. for Maverick. Although I I dare say she raised a couple thousand while he was talking to the uh, the Russian. Oh with yeah, all those, oh, with all the with all the guys around her when he came back. Oh yeah, that's absolutely what she was doing. I'm like, she probably <laughs> already has the four thousand right there. And then so okay, and so here it goes to the boat exterior of the boat and comes back in to the final three, and it focuses really hard on the dealer shuffling and Maverick very much watching his hands, and then the dealer. Passes the deck over to Angel to cut. He knocks it. And as he pulls the deck back in, he places a new one on the table. Yes, in the subtlest of moves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess people were just that dumb in 1880. Because it wasn't smooth at all. No one said anything about it. And then he starts dealing from the bottom of the deck. Which, if you were going to swap with a rigged deck, wouldn't you make sure that... Wouldn't you rig it on the top so that's not more for you to get caught doing if if you rigged a deck that you're gonna put into play don't make it so you have to deal it from the bottom make it so once you've made the swap you're out of the woods not okay i've just okay i got away with swapping the deck now i have to deal 15 cards off the bottom without getting caught unless it was specifically angel's cards that were getting dealing dealt from the bottom because at the switch, I mean, unless this plan was the switch when there was three players left. Let's finish up, and then we can talk about the uh, the cheating. No, we're in it now. No, not 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 the whole thing. Just how this hand plays out. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about it at the end. So they all get their cards. Commodore's got three of a kind, three eights. Angel's two shy of a straight flush, and Maverick is one shy of a royal. So they all bet really hefty amounts. Right, those are all great hands, and that that deck swap was to end the game basically. Right, to be to be done with it. So Commodore takes two cards and gets his fourth eight. Angel takes two cards, gets his straight flush. It comes to Maverick. Maverick says, "I want one card, but not from you." Put the deck down, and he basically says he wants a whole new hand because he saw exactly what was going down. And Coop steps in and says, "You can't do any of that. If you want, you can have a new dealer." And so he looks at Angel and he goes, I want one from you. And Angel's like, from me? And he goes, yeah, just one from the top of the deck would be fine. Yes. And Angel's like, I like that. It shows trust. And he, with one finger, puts his finger on the top of the deck and just slides that top card over to him. And Maverick takes it and sets it to the right of his chips and leaves it there. Doesn't look at it, just leaves it set right there and continues on with the game. And Commodore goes, well, ain't you going to look at your card? And Maverick's like, oh, there's no need. And Angel, Angel's very upset at this for some reason. He's very mad that he's not looking at the card. Yes, yes, he is. And he's like, "What card? What kind of poker are you playing?" I don't think we said it, but everybody's all in at this point. Not yet. Then it comes into the count because he said there's no need, and then Angel yells at him, and then Commodore kind of shakes it off, and he goes, "I'm going to. Well, let's just put it in there." Oh, that's so, right. He says, "I'm in the most debt here. Let's let's put it all in." Yeah. So he. Puts in all of his chips, and then Angel says, here's for the Commodore, that about covers the Commodore, and he says, looks at Maverick and goes, well, you and I are about even, aren't we? 
And he goes, I'm going to raise you everything I've got. Maverick's the one that covers the Commodore. Well, he's, because you know, I see the Commodore. Oh, yeah, yeah, I in. see the Commodore, yes. Yeah. And then it says, we're about even. Now, I'm going to raise you everything I got. That's half a million dollars to the winner. And Maverick still won't look at his card. And Maverick goes, I should cover the Commodore. And uh, yeah, here we go. And then the the dealer actually puts organizes the chips. I didn't catch this before, but he organizes the chips. And he goes, here you go, Commodore. This is your section of the pot. So if the Commodore would win. Oh, that's what he said. This should cover the Commodore's bet. Yeah. So if the Commodore does win, he gets from this side, not what these two put in. Right. Right. Because it was raised and the Commodore has no money, the Commodore would get only what matched his winnings from the other two. And Everest would get their money back. I think that's how it worked. I think so, too. So we get to the reveal time and the Commodore goes, I have got two small pair and starts flipping over his cards. Eights and eights, revealing he's got, he's got four, four of a kind. kind. And he is very proud of himself. He is extremely proud of himself. That is a fantastic hand. Yeah, it is It is a very hard hand to beat. And he celebrates by putting a cigar in his mouth. And then Angel, once again, it's like, you're not going to look at your card to Maverick. And then he goes, then how are you going to know if you can beat my straight flush? And shows a very beautiful two through seven straight flush. Or three through seven straight flush. I don't remember what it was. It was only five. It was cards. a straight flush. <laughs> to, to which the the commodore, the commodore's happy smiling face as his card drops, as does the cigar. Yes, because he has been beat by an essentially an unbeatable hand. The odds of having it's essentially unbeatable because the odds of having anything better, having a straight flush and something better in the same hand, are astronomical. And so. Maverick puts down the Ten of Spades, the Jack of Spades, the Queen of Spades, the King of Spades. Yes, and Angel's looking panicked. Everyone's just in total suspense because Maverick hasn't looked at his card yet. Correct. And Angel is shocked at what Maverick has, which with the deck swap and everything set up. Why? Yeah. Because maybe they... With the deck swap the way it is, of course he would have to have an astronomical hand to stay in and bet on it. Right. To stay in and bet on it. Because they wanted him to bet like it was a sure thing. Right. Like he was going to win. See, that's why I said, don't, don't look at the, (laughs) don't look at it too much there because the betting would happen after they got their cards. So Maverick would still have to have a good hand to want to put in more money. So he would probably have to have a flush or yeah, he would have to have gotten a flush because even, even if he would have pulled the nine, that's still a higher straight flush than, than yeah, Angel so had. He would, he, so he would have had to get like the two of spades or the four of spades because he'd have all spades. He'd have a flush, but he wouldn't have the straight flush that Angel had. Right. But he, wouldn't, he couldn't have had a straight flush that beat the straight flush that Angel right. had. Which he would have by his going to King. So he, had, he would have had to – it would have had to deal with him getting a flush, which – I don't know if that would be a good enough hand for him to bet the farm on, especially if everybody else is betting the farm. Yeah, but we're down to Maverick's last card. We're down to Maverick's last card, yes. And he does his whole magic card cutting thingy, closes his eyes, picks up his card, looks at it, and sighs very heavily because it's not the card. (laughs) And then everyone's like, oh, you know. Angel's relieved, and then he flips the card out, and it lands face up on the 
stack of poker chips and reveals that it was a fake out. And yes, indeed, he drew the ace of spades, has the royal flush, wins the hand, the pot, the game, and everything. Angel goes into a rage, calls him a cheating son of a biscuit, and pulls out a gun, at which point Coop draws his gun. Maverick draws Coop's other gun, and they shoot Angel and his two friends dead. And Commodore, in a very angry tone, tells Coop that his security isn't worth garbage because everybody on the boat has a stinking gun. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And so after that, we cut to Coop taking the money out of the safe and congratulating Maverick on his winning and then saying, yeah, you know, I don't know if it's all this money. I don't know if it's that I haven't slept, but I'm going to take the money. Everyone thinks he's joking, and then he pulls a gun on Maverick, tells him to get down the stairs, tells the Commodore to join him, and runs off with the money. And then Commodore tells one of his servants to go get my gun, and they all chase after him. Coops and one of the little boat-to-shore boats, this little steam-powered, what, 15-foot little boat? Yeah, are those the lifeboats? Yeah, yeah, or they're okay. there to get people on the, the riverboat without the riverboat having to dock. Okay. And so Commodore's getting ready to to shoot Coop from quite a distance. And did you see the scope on that gun? It was as long as the gun was. Yeah, those old scopes used to be long. There's no magnifying quality to it either. Nope, you're just looking down a barrel. It's just a tube to give you lineup, I guess. I don't know. I don't I don't know how much it really, really would help. I don't know how accurate shooting from that distance in 1880 would be. Uh, not accurate at all. But either way, Maverick stops him and says, ah, heck, it's only money. Yeah, that's not worth taking a man's life over. The crowd's like, no. <laughs> yeah, the crowd's all in agreement. It's only money, right, folks? Yeah. And, and I was like, uh, yeah, when I was watching it last night, I was like, he's flat broke. What is he going to do? And then I was like, oh, wait, he's still got that six grand that he took from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From the Russian the, guy. The Commodore's like, it's only money. Yeah, what are you barking mad? But he's Maverick says he's going to issue a warrant against Coop and basically press charges. Yeah. And then the boat docks. Brett and Annabelle they have a touching little moment where they say their goodbyes. And as she's leaving, he does his little magic card drawing thing and draws the Queen of Hearts. I don't know what that would really mean. That she's the Queen of Hearts. Okay. I don't know. I don't think there's any more symbolism than that. But yeah, there it is. And then we cut to the Commodore showing up at Coop's campsite. Yes. And and revealing that they were both in on it together. They reveal what the entirety of the plan was. Coop is unhappy that Commodore brought Angel into it without telling him. But Commodore explains that no matter what happens, what happened, the result would have been the same. So he didn't feel it necessary to tell him. He just didn't want Maverick at the game. Basically. And then Coop says he doesn't like surprises. And he Commodore's like, well, you're really not going to like this one. Because I'm not splitting the money with you. And he pulls a gun on him. Sounds like the Commodore might be going through a little bit of hard times financially. I didn't even think about that. He just bought a boat. He's a Commodore. He's got a boat. He had this gambling tournament set up. What reason would he want to just have more money risk everything without his investments. Some of his stuff must be not panning out well. He could always sell the boat. He could sell the boat. He's got to keep up appearances. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And if he sells the boat, then 
or like he says, maybe it's just his greedy nature. Maybe yeah, that, that too. That that's always a um, that could be the thing. Anyway, Maverick shows up. We get another Pappy quote in here, don't we? I don't know. And well, basically, he says yeah, he talks to them about how he's going to hunt him down and makes fun of Coop. Yeah, Maverick shows up with a gun pointed at him. Yeah, with a gun pointed at him, tells Coop, you know, you you had to you gave up everything you've worked your whole life for. You'll never be able to work in law again. Like you, you're disgrace. You've completely disgraced yourself. And the, he doesn't know what the honorable thing to do is. Coop says that he will hunt him down, and he calls him a decrepit old has been who couldn't sneak up on a corpse. And then he Maverick decides that the fair thing to do would be let the two of them basically duke it out and last man standing. So he takes the gun, throws it up in the air, and takes off running. Yep. <laughs> He's like, good luck, guys, and is out. Of- yeah, and so Commodore ends up getting the gun, and Commodore would have shot Coop. He pulls yes, the trigger like would've. three times, and he didn't think twice about it either. Uh-uh. And then Coop, Coop beats him up and says that he has never picks up a big old branch to club the Commodore to death with. He <laughs> yeah. says he's never committed a cold-blooded murder in his life, and he's not about to. And puts the stick down and leaves. Not until I get Maverick. Right, right. Not until not while Maverick's still around. Because <laughs> he's I'm saving that first cold blooded murder for him. Yeah, yeah, that'll be the first one. Yeah. Then I'll come back for the Commodore. Then I'll come then I'll get the Commodore, right. And then we cut to Maverick in a nice fancy bathhouse, taking a bath with a glass of brandy and a nice cigar. And it you get a little close up of Maverick and you see some some uh, boots behind him of someone walking up. And you hear the gun cock. Nice echo in the bathhouse, too. The acoustics are great. And it reveals that it's, it's Coop. And he goes, a decrepit old has-been, huh? Couldn't <laughs> sneak up on a corpse. You got half a million dollars in your bag right there, and your gun's eight feet away from you. And then Maverick says, you know, my old pappy used to say, and gives him another quote. I didn't write down any other one, that one either. <laughs> he didn't write down any and of them. <laughs> I wrote down the, that one. <laughs> He says, he says, what'd you do, shoot the Commodore in the back? Oh, yeah. It's like, no, good idea, but no. It's like, like yeah. my old pappy always said, there's no better there's no better reward than cheating on a cheater or something like that. Yes, that was the one, because I, I, I didn't write it down because I remember it. And then <laughs> Coop says, I never said that. <laughs> You've been misquoting me your whole life. And then he dunks him. And uh, it reveals that Coop is, in fact, Maverick's dad. Yes. Brett Maverick Which, Ma- What? Brett Maverick Sr. That's what I was going to say. Oh, is sorry. He Bre- is he Maverick? Is he Brett Maverick from the... the is he still Brett Maverick? I don't know. Because Zane Cooper is clearly not his real name. No, that was a, a made-up alias for this this job. Yeah. And so it was clearly... Yeah, is he is he Maverick from the series? Is this a continuation? Like a sequel movie? No. And I read and, the book, and I don't remember it. But the movie and the book are always different. I mean, it could it could very well be because that's what I thought too. I'm like, well, Zane, okay. So, what could he be? Brett Maverick? Could it be the same character? Because it takes place, you know, just about the right time after, yeah. roughly. It could be. That that made sense. That would make sense to me if they did it that way. And so, okay, so he, Marshall Cooper, Marshall Zane Cooper. So that means that he is also not a marshal. No. Which means that the whole thing was a ruse. From the Mavericks. Yes. In the very beginning, before all of this. So is that... Oh, that's not what he says. Yes, I, I don't know who 
because it was a big ruse because the Mavericks got involved for whatever reason because they like honest card players and they knew the Commodore was going to be cheating at this this event, which is why they mentioned that the the Commodore won't be able to touch a deck of cards again this side of Mississippi. Yeah, which I don't think they outed him as a cheater. They just outed Cooper as. Yeah, I don't think the Commodore ever got in trouble. I think the Commodore was should be still be good to go. But that might also explain why the Ace of Spades was where it was, because Coop put it there. Could be. Because he had the, that, and he's like, okay, well, Maverick's obviously going to catch on to this. He's going to know what's going on. He's going to want a cut from the top of the deck, so I'll put yeah. it there so when it comes to it. Not just the incompetence of the dealer that right. so, touches the deck. Yeah, because why, why would you put the Ace anywhere near there? Right, that ace would not be in that deck if I was doing it. Not, not at all. No, no way. Not anywhere. No chance of it coming up. Yeah. Who's gonna count? Who's gonna count the difference between fifty-two and fifty-one cards? You're not gonna yeah. notice it unless you count it. Right. So, but yeah, but then I was thinking about it and how like how it was set up was Angel was on. It was set up for the Commodore on the top and Angel on the bottom. Yeah. So Maverick and the Commodore were off the top of the deck. And Angel was off the bottom. So that way they could control what every single person had. Anywho. So. Yeah, we're not even at the end of the movie yet. <laughs> no, we're not. So it cuts to Coop and Maverick now in the bathtub having a cigar and a glass of brandy. Yes, Coop's shaving off his mustache. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They're looking much more like father and son now. Yes. Yeah. And looking much more like the James Garner that we all know and love. And then Annabelle sneaks in. And she's like, oh, look at you in the bath with uh, half a million dollars in your bag over there. And your gun is six feet away from you. And Coop and Maverick at the same time both say eight feet. Eight. <laughs> yeah. And she smiles and says something about the family resemblance. Yeah. And they're both shocked and they go, how did you know? And she's like, oh, you both have the same height, the same build. And you both sing the same wrong words to Amazing Grace. <laughs> They both do go, not do not <laughs> <laughs> and then she takes the money and runs yep and says and, uh, i will send the the lady in with more hot water for you yep oh and she drops off a shirt from san francisco for for brett yes this is from the finest shirt makers of san francisco and coop says well all that work and all we have is a half a million dollars shirt yeah and maverick <laughs> says quarter million dollar shirt it's like my old pappy used to say hey, don't count your chickens before they don't something else and he says don't put all your eggs in one basket and coop goes now that i said <laughs> and he hands him a boot i got a boot for you and the other one's twice as full and so reveals that he let he's like oh, i don't know why i left the other half of the money in that in that bag and coop says i do and he goes, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun getting it back. <laughs> <laughs> and then Coop says, so I got to know, how did you pull the Ace of Spades? And Maverick goes, well, you're not going to believe me if I told you. And Coop goes, I'm your father. I'll believe you. And Maverick says, magic. And Coop kind of smiles and goes, I believe you. <laughs> and then Mel, uh, Mel Gibson, <laughs> which, yes, it's Mel Gibson, but he's yeah. playing Maverick. He smiles and it freeze frames on him. Yes. And we and roll credits. With Amazing Grace. 
a little more upbeat, maybe Baptist version, but it is Amazing Grace. And that was Maverick. Woo, Maverick. That was us talking way too long about Maverick. Who we recorded for a long time on this one. Almost three hours. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's so much editing. <laughs> it was a long movie. Uh, final thoughts on the film. Why don't you go? I've been talking for a while. Okay, I'll go first. Um, I, and, I and go through puberty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Maverick, like I said, I, I've watched it a few times in the last few years. It's a movie that's in my rotation of one to put on if I'm I'm doing something like building Legos or it it's it's a fun movie and I really enjoy it. It it's I mean it fits into that same line for me with the Lethal Weapon movies. It's the same director, it's got a similar feel without Joe Pesci swearing all the time in it. <laughs> but it's I, I enjoy the movie. Found myself nowadays or more recently like we have been doing in this podcast picking apart some of the little things like well that doesn't make that much sense and this doesn't make that much sense but it it's still fun it doesn't have to make a lot of sense it's just a fun gambling heist yes it is what about you i i agree with you a lot of the same um i do want to pause real quick and go back to after maverick wins Okay, and and he turns and he talks, and you see his mouth move really fast, <laughs> and it doesn't line up with anything that he says. Oh, with the ADR. ADR, when when he's talking to Annabelle about, I, I didn't know I was going to pull that card. Did I ever tell you about the thing? And she's like, Shh, "You're babbling." Yeah, like, yeah he says none of that. His mouth is just going, and yeah. that's that's one of those things that's like, did what did you say during that take? Like, I don't know. Like, we'll make it match up as best you can. And he didn't even do that. But my final thoughts on this movie. I absolutely loved it. Rachel and I had a f- such a fun time watching it. Again, it was it was so enjoyable. I, neither one of us had seen it in 25 years. It was funnier than we remembered it being. There was a lot more humor than we remembered being. Uh, I think it's because the jokes didn't go over our head. Right. When you're younger, a lot of things didn't been over our right. heads. There's a little more language than I thought, you know. Yeah. That I remember there being. So, it, it, I mean, it, but not really that big. I didn't find it offensive. I will watch it with my kids when they're old enough. It was great. Yeah, all around great movie. It was great storytelling. All great acting. The only thing, the only complaint about it is is the poor ADR at the end. <laughs> like, really. Yeah. Other, other than that, it is it is wholesome, good family fun. Yes. Overall. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it was something we were watching. I mean, what it came out in '94, so it had to have been a few years after that when we were watching it. But yeah, nine or ten. I was nine or ten. Yeah, nine or ten. I was a little older. So family movie yeah. that we watched as a family. Oh yeah, a lot, definitely. All right, and I think that that wraps up our final thoughts for for Maverick. And now we're going to yeah. go on to one of my absolute favorite parts. And I think I just I want to reiterate. So we're we are because we're going into our next movie selection, and I just want to reiterate to our listeners that like so Marshall is going to tell us what the next movie is, and like at this point, I have no idea what it is, and vice versa for when it's a Marshall episode is so we we go into this blind, and when Marshall announces it on the podcast, or when I announce the next movie on the podcast, that's when the other person finds out what the movie's gonna be. Right, his general shock and his shock and confusion over me saying "airheads" the other week was was real. He had no idea what that movie was or what I was gonna say. So, yes, and then my disappointment that followed was also <laughs> real. 
<laughs> but I've got something else picked this time. All right. And it's it's a movie that I watched quite a bit growing up. Um, I'm sure uh, I, I'm pretty sure you've seen it a few times. I don't remember watching it a lot with you, but it is a classic Kevin Costner film. Yes, and and I I enjoy this movie, and I enjoy the Universal Stunt Show just as much. We're gonna watch Waterworld. I've never seen this movie. <laughs> How could you have never seen this? I watched I this so no, much. No, I have no I, no what. <laughs> <laughs> When did we watch this growing up? I I am so glad you prefaced that with I don't know what's coming. I woo. <laughs> you okay. Do you remember the stunt show at Universal Studios? No. <laughs> oh, how old were you? Okay, but I, I mean I watched that movie a bunch. I got nothing. I have zero recollection of that movie whatsoever. Okay, well, this should be fun then. It's got Kevin Costner, Dennis Hopper, in a post-apocalyptic world that's covered in water. Okay, that explanation you gave yeah, is even more foreign to me. <laughs> oh, this should be fun. This, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I don't even know what to expect. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Wow. All right. I thought you had seen it. No. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for coming along with us on this adventure through the 1880s and Maverick. Yeah, and uh, Tristan's got to find out where to watch Waterworld at. <laughs> I will figure out where to watch Waterworld. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so on Twitter at WatchItBroPod, or you can email us, WatchItBroPodcast at gmail.com. Our intro and outro tracks were provided by Nylor, that intro being Grace, that outro being Haven. I think think that's how I close it up and as always thank you for watching <laughs>